Recently, Amazon announced they were considering offering veterinary telehealth to compete with Walmart. This week, we want to talk about our opinions, some that you may agree with or not, on this entire change in landscape and what it means for you as veterinary professionals. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine and telemedicine, telehealth, teletriage, tele-everything has been on the tips of our tongues for the past couple of years. And recently, Amazon said they were about to get involved. We want to talk about what that means for us as veterinary professionals, and you might be surprised at some of our opinions. But before we surprise you this week, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, I'll be honest, I was a little bit surprised when I saw these reports popping up the past week or so. And again, we're recording this uh, end of October 2023. And, you know, Becky, we, we had seen that Walmart had begun to enter into telehealth and telemedicine in veterinary space. But suddenly now Walmart says, hey, we want some of that, too. Were you surprised? No. <laughs> no, I mean, they've been talking about this for years. And and we did an episode on this years ago mm-hmm. when there was kind of the first move to put veterinary clinics into Walmart right. and to offer, you know, that different level of service and the accessibility to care through these super centers. Um, so, no, I'm not surprised at all. I think COVID kind of inhibited a lot of that launching. And I think it was before COVID we were talking about this. And I'm not yeah. not at all surprised to see it getting picked back up, especially as so many of us are saying, no one can get an appointment. We are not able to get anybody in. Um, I just needed, I had to take, um, I'm taking my dog to the optometrist and I called them, I think a week or two ago, her appointments in December. And that was the earliest I could get her in, you know? So, um, with accessibility to care being a major issue, I'm not at all surprised. Yeah. And I want to get into that point, but again, just for some context viewfinders, I mean, you know, Chewy developed their entire, their, their own exclusive proprietary telehealth program back in 2020-ish, during the COVID days. Uh, And of course, Walmart then partnered with POP, P-A-W-P, and they were offering this thing where if you were a subscriber to like their Walmart Plus subscription or whatever, it's kind of like Amazon Prime, then you got like a free year's worth of veterinary telehealth. And I think that, you know, Amazon has been looking at these other competitors. And of course, Amazon is one of the leading, if not the leading pet supply provider in the United States, maybe the world. And they said, hey, we want to get some of this as well. And, and Becky, you know, it's interesting because Amazon has really been aggressive the past several years in medicine in general, right? I mean, they acquired this big group called One Medical, which is, you know, uh, a whole big human health. Uh, they offer all kinds of services and, you know, pharmacy and all this stuff. And Becky, I think it's I think it's a smart move from Amazon. But, you know, it, it does have me a little bit concerned. I, I mean, about what? Well, I guess just you're right. I mean, Uh, The bigger picture is the impact it has continuing to erode independent veterinary channels, right? This is just one more player that can really take some of our our things. But, yeah, Becky, I know you have a strong opinion on if Walmart and Amazon and even Chewy really do affect independent clinics. Maybe share that with the viewfinders. Oh, I'm sure they do. I mean, I I, I guess they do in in some ways because at at the end of the day, veterinary care, they have to get it somewhere. The risk is, though, and this is the thing that I think we have to be realistic about, is it's not like, well, it's me or nobody at all. Like, 
No, it, it it is nothing at all. It is no heartworm prevention. It is no vaccines. It is being unvaccinated because the, the most people are perfectly fine with that. It's not like we are kids where you have to send them to school and show vaccine records. So if your pet isn't going to daycare, isn't boarding, it doesn't have to be registered in your county and those types of things, like you just might not do it as opposed to not being able to afford it. Right. And and I've said this before about so many things, you know, my hairdresser is not intimidated if a cost cutters hair salon moves in right next door to her. She's not threatened. Her clients are not their clients. Right. And so I just feel like if you're offering great concierge service, you have a great relationship with your with your patients and your clients then you're not you're probably not losing them to these types of services you're probably losing the appointments you don't have time for that you're losing money on because you're not properly utilizing your technicians to take care of it in the first place and you're probably not going to see your bottom line affected you may see it in your numbers and less repeat visits but i bet you that they're they're just not the people who are spending money and and seeking out veterinary care for sick pets these telehealth these teletriage i i just really truly think that they're filling a gap that's really needed you know i can't get my pet seen we hear it from so many people so sick visits are going unseen because we are overwhelmed with things that absolutely could be handled via teletriage or a vaccine clinic and then, you know, just to continue to monologue on it, I, my frustration, my underlying frustration is that we act as though the veterinarians who provide these care are going to be less than. Good point. You know, and I'm like, Walmart isn't opening up a vet school. You know, they're providing veterinary services. These are, are veterinarians who graduated. And it doesn't mean that they do less care. It may mean that they thrive in this environment. They thrive in... Um, I hate to say it, but like uh, not a very deep relationship. They want to clients in, clients out. They want to knock it out. They love otitis externa and vaccines and puppy kisses, and they don't want to work up the sick cases. They're happy in that space. Or regardless of how happy they are in that space, it fills their work-life balance because I guarantee you these veterinarians are working their scheduled shifts. They're not doing notes for hours on end. They're not coming in on their day off. And so it fits in their work-life balance. So... Like I said, monologue aside, my frustration (laughs) is that we treat this situation and most certainly these veterinary professionals who work in these cases as though they are less than care. And that's not fair. You know, I question you, do you go to Walmart and buy name brand things? Probably. Why? Because it's convenient. It's accessible. It's affordable. Okay. Well, that's probably all of the things this veterinary care is going to be as well. And so you're just mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm not saying you shouldn't be, but like you're misplacing and saying it's, if you're saying it's going to be less than care, I just am not willing to get behind that. And I'm certainly not going to, you know, insult the veterinary professionals who who are filling this gap by saying that. Right. And again, you know, this, I have a long history with this issue, Becky, as you know, and going back over 20 years when I actually was, you know, at that North American Veterinary Conference back then before VMX was NAVC and did that debate with the 1-800-PET-MEDS folks. And I, I remember sitting there saying, hey, this is not the competition anymore. It's Amazon and Walmart. And yeah. people were like, no, it's not. But of course, yes, it, it was coming. But regardless, you know, remember guys, Walmart this year has started their first vet clinics in inside, you know, 
they're, they're pet centers, they've got grooming and vet services and all that stuff. And, and I think that what Walmart is looking at is, again, to extend that into telemedicine and then do a hub and spoke type of thing, Becky, where, you know, hey, we do the telehealth and then you go to your local Walmart if possible. Amazon won't be able to replicate that exact scenario or model. So I think that it's more interesting to see, wow, how can they leverage telehealth? And again, with, with California allowing you now to establish a VCPR via uh, virtual means. I mean, Becky, I think, you know, Amazon is just saying, wow, this is a huge opportunity for us, right? Now, the other thing too, getting back to that long history with this issue is, you know, for too long and still to date, Becky, I would argue many vet clinics subsidize their services with product sales, right? And so by that, by what I mean is that they make profit off of product sales that are very vulnerable to being sold at Walmart, Amazon, Chewy, whatever, right? And then they, they lament the fact, oh, we're losing all this revenue instead of bolstering and doubling down, as Becky mentioned, on the services aspect, right? Because that's where I think Becky and I are in complete agreement on this. It's like, okay, it's another service. It's more accessibility and maybe a lower cost point. But the reality is you need to do what you do even better today. Is that making sense to you, Becky? Yeah. I mean, well, that's exactly it. And I think you also have to kind of establish yourself better. This is what I do and I do it well. And this is who I am. Exactly. And, you know, it's not going to matter for, for everybody. Again, I think there are plenty of folks out there who are, you know, well-established with their clients and their clients are, are, are just not going anywhere. There is a relationship there and they trust their veterinarian and that's an important part of life for them. And so again, I think, I think that's going to be where things really go. And and I don't think it's going to be this huge washout. Like I think people are scared of, um, I think we just have to learn that times change and and stop getting so freaked out when things aren't going the way that they always have been and figure out how can we make this work for us? How can we partner? How can we educate our clients? Like, hey, are you worried about your pet? Teletriage is a great way. Here is a company we trust. If you have questions and you need, you know, we, I guess in my head, I'm like, we use this in so many other ways, right? Pet poison hotline. Right. We won't even touch a toxicity without being like, Hey, you need to call them, you pay for it. And then you give us the case number. I mean, that is with so many cases when we are simply ready to say, I don't know, I can't memorize all the pet poisons in the world. I don't know all the problems. That's their job. I'm going to utilize them. Plenty of us utilize teleradiology, Yep. And and all of these other technologies where we say, oh, a board-certified person can look at this and they're the best at it. That's their job. And they're comfortable with that. So I think we're just trying to kind of pick and choose. And I think there we feel like there's a financial threat that I just don't really think is there. Um, and I think what it really does is it creates more opportunity for a good work-life balance for a lot of our, our um, colleagues. And that, you know, that's probably scary to employers. Right. And again, guys, you know, if you're also a veterinary professional going, hey, you know what, guys, I've been hearing this for years and our state's never going to budge on this. Well, there's a lot of money behind this effort. In fact, this year, according to the the Senate disclosures, uh, which, again, they have to disclose what lobbyists visit, you know, senators and, and, of course, congressmen and so forth, Becky. But the Senate disclosure report this year to date. So that means the first, you know, 
two or three quarters of uh, 2023, Amazon has spent over $430,000 reported dollars in lobbying for these things on telemedicine and digital health oversight and all that. So, you know, Becky, there's, there's a lot now, there's a lot more money behind it, right? For years, you know, it's just kind of been like, you know, small grassroots efforts to try to change some things or improve some things. But suddenly now you got Chewy, you got Mars Veterinary, you've got now Amazon and Walmart. Becky, I think this stuff starts to move quickly, at least from a regulatory standpoint. Well, of course it does. They have a ton of money, a ton of legal support, probably a ton of lobbying finance. Like they can move Mm -hmm. whatever they want in whatever direction they want. That's all there is to it, you know? And I guess that's why I'm kind of like, we're not fighting to to hold an iceberg back here. That energy is wasted. It is how do we secure our space where we are and do what we do really good and stay in our lane and accept that times are going to change and accessibility is going to change and, and and appreciate what that can mean for our clients and educate our our teams. Like, I know that there are times my doctor is really grateful if I do telehealth or go to urgent care because they can't see us and they still want us to be medically healthy and they still want us to have access to care. So how do we work as a team of professionals within this is this is the macro level of within our own clinics, right? We're not even utilizing our own teams and we're not even staying in our own lanes and doing the best that we can in our own lanes. And so on this macro level, that's what this really is, is what role do each of these companies play within veterinary medicine and how can we all really do a great job doing what we do and supporting each other in what we do? I guarantee you these, these, first of all, telehealth is not trying to take your patients. They're trying to get them to you. They're just trying to get them to you for appointments that are important. And they're trying to help them understand how quickly they need to go. You know, it's, it's helping them understand the need and to say the right things. Okay. When you call your clinic, you need to tell them you're worried about X, Y, or Z. And this is why you need to be seen. Like we're just educating. Um, we can leverage that. We can use that in our clinics to, to get our patients in, to get our pa- patients more educated, to take away a lot of the time that we would otherwise be spending trying to educate and trying to explain and trying to answer questions when we are overwhelmed and we refuse to move away from 15-minute visits. So everybody in here has a space. And I think the, the smart thing to do is instead of trying to crash out each other's lanes, to just work, like literally work together to make a better for profession. And I, I understand that's really kumbaya, but there's no reason not to because it's happening. Right, exactly. And again, you know, if you're out there today uh, and you're an independent clinic, this is one of those areas that, A, I believe you should be offering some form of telehealth to your clients, right? I mean, it's out there. It's only going to expand in its scope. So you need to be part of that conversation or you're just completely giving it away. And and then you're going to be complaining to us, you know, a year from now saying, I've lost all these clients to telehealth or whatever. The second thing is you also probably, you know, Becky, uh, if I'm an independent clinic now, I'm going to more critically review who I choose to partner with with if I don't, if I can't do it myself somehow, right? Because, you know, Pop went hard into to Walmart. They may actually scale over to Amazon. There's a lot of discussion. But from what you're reading in the business press, Becky, a lot of the other larger veterinary telehealth companies are quietly, you know, 
letting it be known that they can scale, you know? So, so I think that you're going to have to be very critical of who you choose because I think that, you know, I know one of the things I was talking to some, a group of vets not too long ago was the fact that you need to be careful who you choose today because you could actually be competing with, you know, or joining Walmart or Amazon or Chewy or Mars or whatever. So I think it's a really interesting time. But Becky, you know, getting back to this, I think that, you know, what I keep hearing from my vet colleagues is they're worried about certain product sales. Like, let's say, for example, what if they want to get a prescription heartworm preventive. You know, it's a double-edged sword, right? On, on one hand, we're saying, gosh, if more dogs and cats were on heartworm preventive, we'd save lives, reduce illness, save costs, right? All that stuff. And, you know, here's one of those areas where I think you're going to see these companies lean in heavily to get like heartworm flea and all those other kind of prescription products. I mean, what do you think about that? What do you think about, should Walmart, should Amazon be able to somehow, and let's assume that you're able to get some kind of heartworm test, you know, uh, should they be allowed to sell these products? I mean, I don't, I, I guess I'm like, I don't know if I, who am I to say if they should be allowed to or not, right? Like, if you're doing it legally, I, you know, I think it would be better to have these products available from a veterinary clinic behind a counter with access to somebody to have a conversation than the fact that they're available loose in an aisle with no direction and people just think they're getting the right thing and they think that that drop they put on the back between the shoulders is for heartworm. You know, I argue as long as our clients keep bringing in poop for heartworm tests, then we've got (laughs) some educating to do. And so I'm kind of like, does it... Whether it should be allowed or not, is it a better scenario than it is right now? Probably, you know, probably move those things over to somebody who can help explain and make sure, okay, great, I'm glad you got flea prevention. What does your heartworm prevention look like? You're not on any? Let's have a quick conversation about that Um, because I have the time and this is a space and this is what this is actually for. So, I, I mean... Whether it should be allowed to or not doesn't matter. And I guess that's my point of this. My whole point is it doesn't matter if you like it or not or you think it should or it shouldn't. It's happening. But I think there are ways to leverage the fact that it is and make it an even more positive scenario. And and again, they can get them there now. <laughs> you right, know, I mean, right. obviously not heartworm, but like... And then, and they're right next to products we really don't trust. Well, you know, they're right next to products we've seen cause actual seizures. So... Yeah, maybe it's a great thing, right? Yeah, or, or a disaster. I mean, we don't know. And again, you know, Amazon, let's be clear, guys, in my opinion, Becky, these are simply a way to get access to these prescription products that they don't have access now. And and more importantly, it'll, it'll fuel other sales. I mean, non-prescription goods as well, foods, treats, supplements, and so forth, you know, all kinds of things can, can be leveraged this way. The other thing too, Becky, just I want to get your comment, you know, as a leader in the veterinary technician uh, space, you know, they are, they are both Walmart. Chewy, now Amazon are all touting the fact that they're going to be utilizing licensed credentialed veterinary technicians to help with some of this. What do you think about that? That's probably also very scary for (laughs) the average employer who isn't, the average person who isn't, and who is worried about what that looks like for their business. Um, Yeah, I bet, you know, I think it's a great opportunity because there are a lot of work-life balance benefits to these types of jobs. And when you're not doing emergency surgery, you're not staying late for emergency surgery. End of story. So when it's really important that you have a nine to five, eight to three, one to seven, whatever it is, 
And you have to know, and and when you are tired of the emotional burden of a lot of this veterinary care, going in and being able to do vaccines and see healthy pets and make recommendations of why they need to go see another veterinarian or get a dental or do more invasive care, um, it, it is a lot of people's jam. A lot of people love client education and client interaction, and I bet you they will thrive in these positions. Yeah, yeah. You know, the other thing too, Becky, that hasn't been discussed, and I want to go ahead and throw it out once again, I think it only elevates veterinary technicians, right? The fact that in the conversation at a national level, big business level, Amazon, Walmart, Chewy, and so forth are saying veterinarians and veterinary technicians in the same breath, and they're saying almost the same type of service. I think that's a real boon to veterinary technicians, and I would argue the profession in general. But you see what I'm going at, Becky? I mean, this is actually, I think, a really positive move because it's showing the general public that veterinary technicians are special and able to do kind of advanced things similar to a veterinarian. Well, you know, again, in so many cases, when business people get in front of these things, when business folks are running it and not the people who have their heart and soul in it, right? And and the history of veterinary medicine, these these people did not grow up reading James Harriet, right? They're reading (laughs) business stuff. And so they look at the numbers and the numbers on technician utilization are no brainers. They've been published over and over. They've been researched over and over. They've been lectured on over and over. Technician utilization brings in in so much more money per transaction every time. It increases the bottom line every time. It increases longevity of your staff every time. It is the number one demand of technicians every time. And so what we have is companies looking at the numbers. They are like, well, this is a no-brainer. We know what the hospital model looks like. We know that nurses are running these nurse lines. Nurse lines have been a thing for ever. Since I was a baby, nurses have been doing telehealth because we didn't need a million sick babies in the hospital all the time. A lot of times, new moms just needed some comfort, right? They just needed some guidance. Nurse lines are no-brainer. These company people see that, and it makes total sense. And so they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to utilize these folks who know what they're doing, and we're going to have the doctor do what they're supposed to do, and we're going to make a lot of money doing it. That's what They're literally only looking at the bottom line. So if you aren't convinced yet that technician utilization is going to bring the most money, follow their model because that is literally the only thing they're trying to do. Yeah, and, and that's exactly how I feel. And I'm glad you said that. What I've also found interesting about this uh, discussion, Becky, is you know you had, uh, and I'm not going to name names, but a couple of uh, prominent veterinary leaders uh, from a big giant organization who've kind of been like skating all over the place and backpedaling and forward pedaling and sideways pedaling this message because for so long they've been talking about how telemedicine, telehealth is great and why we should be able to do more, and then suddenly now they're being asked by you know big business. <laughs> CNBC and MSNBC and Wall Street Journal, they're asking, and they're like, whoa, hey, we didn't say all that. (laughs) We're worried about it now. And it's kind of been interesting to watch this. You know, it's like, well, we can do it better, but not Amazon or Walmart. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of the whole conversation today is like, really? (laughs) Okay, maybe, but it's a tough, it's a tough argument. You see what I'm getting at, Becky? It's like, you know, we've been saying it's good, 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 go, go, go. And then suddenly Walmart, Walmart, Amazon, (laughs) Chewy get involved. We're like, wait a second, did I say that? (laughs) Well, right. I mean, right. Exactly. And that's, I mean, okay, that's fine. If you need to backpedal, backpedal, but we heard you, you know what I mean? And we know already. So eh, I think, I think the problem is, is we get ahead of ourselves and there's so many hands in the pot. There's so many quote unquote professionals 
from different roles um, with voices in these types of things. And then all of a sudden there isn't, right? And we say it's the business people are taking this over. And so um, I get people's ups- I get why people are, are, are shook. Um, <laughs> change is hard, but I guess it's kind of like I asked you in the beginning of this episode, like why? Like right. if you can really give me a good why, like if you can really convince me the care is going to be less, if you can really convince me it's going to close the doors of veterinary practices across America, then I mean, I'm, I, I want to hear your, your side. I want to see your data. But to me, we can leverage this in such a positive way for our patients and again, get in front of it, learn how to work with it. Cause no matter what this wave is coming. Right. And again, the Veterinary Virtual Care Association, VVCA, you can go to their website. I mean, they've been, they've got, uh, Becky, everything you just said, they bust that myth, right? You know, so they've been doing this a long time. They are in a bit of an interesting spot right now. But regardless, you know, they've, everything you just addressed, they've said, it's going to only benefit us. It's only going to be uh, you know, additive and helpful, yeah. you know, to, to the profession. So it's, it's a really interesting time. I don't, I'm like you, Becky, you know, why try to, you can't, we can't stop this massive glacier from moving down the hill. It's, it's in motion. What we can try to do is steer it. What we can try to do is protect ourselves and, you know, get out of the way where appropriate. In this case, it's like, you know, you're going to have to differentiate yourself further. You're going to have to lean into services. You're going to have to stop being so dependent on products sales, right? That doesn't mean you just abandon these things, but it means that you start to shape a strategy over the next five years where you could lean into virtual services, right? Where you could maybe make your in-person visits that much better and enjoyable and pleasurable and valuable, right, Becky? I mean, I think that I just see every... You know, I've, I've been doing this long enough and I've seen enough times in my career over the past 30 plus years where people have said the sky is falling, right? Yeah. And I've always looked up and I've said, it, it looks okay to me. I'm going to I'm gonna take precautions. I'm going to grab my umbrella. I'm going to plan. I'm going to start to strategize and, and improve things. But I'm also not going to then just throw up my hands and say, oh, it's all over. I quit. <laughs> you know, I, I just yeah. don't Is the time. sky falling or is the weather changing? Right. Good point. And it is. The weather's going to change and little storm fronts are going to move through or whatever. But I think that the fact that Amazon is considering getting into veterinary telehealth is promising to me. That shows the growth opportunities we have in front of us. People like Amazon, people, companies like Amazon don't get involved in areas where they think they're going to fail. So I think this is a big push. I think it's a a strong move. I think that they've had success on the human telehealth and they're only expanding that, you know, their pharmacy is just doing amazing things. So I think that we're going to see those same, you know, sort of tenets applied to vet medicine. And Becky, again, we can learn from it. We can embrace it. We can try to to make it our own. And, and again, if you're an independent clinic out there, remember the big thing that you've got always is agility, speed to market, and the ability to change and iterate. And I think that sometimes we forget that. But those are the things that made me successful in our clinics uh, is, is just be, being able to say, hey, you know, let's try something different. You know, be thoughtful about it and then be able to adapt to it when it didn't always go the right way or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I, I have to, I, I just feel like when I think about like pet insurance and how many more people have have pet insurance now that it's been available through their jobs and they've right. had increased access to it. So now when when veterinary telehealth is available through your subscription, you're already paying for it. Again, I don't think this means less care. I think this is going to come down to more care. It's going to get people more educated and and get them into the clinics. And I think right now we have a real opportunity to leverage this to partner to be um on the on the winning side of this early as opposed to fighting 
debating it, talking smack about it. And, and I think that might even be an important point because, you know, when we talk badly about these types of things, our clients don't necessarily trust us more, you know, when they see this as an option for them and an availability for them and they need to lean into it. Um, we have an op, we have an opportunity to build trust and to help educate. We also have a opportunity to alienate. And I think that's really important with our language around this with our clients. Yeah. And Becky, as we close out today's conversation, I do want to revisit because I think it's important and bears repeating your first comments on, you know what? We, we shouldn't be so judgmental and harsh for veterinary professionals. That's veterinarians and licensed credentialed veterinary techs to, who, who join these things and participate in these things and help with these things. I think that, you know what? It's a big, abundant profession. And I, and I think Becky really makes a good point that, you know, um, sometimes we're our own worst critics. But when we talk about mental health crisis, and, and I guarantee you, Becky, there are going to be a lot of people hypercritical of, of some of members of our profession and colleagues who, who do get involved with this. And, you know, I think we do need to, to take note that, hey, there's a lot of different ways to practice veterinary medicine. And this just might be somebody's jam. It might not be yours, but get your own jam and, you know, and do it yeah. well, do it better yeah. than everybody else. That makes sense. Becky? Yeah. And don't be mad that this is mine um, for a lot of different reasons. I, I, I think that, again, we if we really need to start asking ourselves why if we've got a problem with this and to to really see, think about what we're being honest about and what we're being bitter about and and, and understand that, you know, I, I just think you're kind of hypocritical if you're not going to your local mom and pop, if you're not everywhere you eat is not a local mom and pop, if you go to big box stores for convenience and you buy name brand things, then again, you're kind of being <laughs> hypocrite here because you're leveraging it the same way your clients would for convenience. If if you go to Lowe's and Home Depot and not your local tiny hardware store, you've done the same thing for the, for the same reasons. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the fact that our clients are seeking more convenient, more affordable care that is accessible and that they don't have to wait forever for an appointment and that they can get in and out that and just you know it just i think we really need to think about how we're thinking about this and and how we're presenting ourselves in this time of change yeah and i can tell you becky as you know the ward girls are all about some human telehealth <laughs> i mean it has been a real lifesaver not literally but almost uh for my younger daughter who's had major surgery this year she's in college and the ability to do some of her appointments not all of them obviously some require imaging and and hands-on stuff but a lot of her you know initial things were able to, to handle virtually and that was a real asset uh, and benefit for us because she got to talk to healthcare prof- professionals ask questions, you know, really in a fashion she probably couldn't have done in person. So again, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think about Amazon considering offering veterinary telehealth? They want to compete with Walmart. They want to compete with Chewy. They want to compete with Mars. So do you think this is good, bad, and different? How are you planning to address this if it does happen? We'd love to hear from you. And Becky, how can we hear from the viewfinders? Well, big announcement. We've outsourced our feedback system to a (laughs) telefeedback (laughs) through Amazon. So you just log into your Amazon account now. Uh, you guys can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder. Always love it if you shoot us an email at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. That's right, guys. We'd love to hear from you. Until then, stay safe and stay virtual if you're into that sort of thing. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.